Welcome all Hidden Treasures Revealed is on the air for Tuesday, June the 20th. Me and Phil will be with you in just a moment after the music. Have you ever wondered, is there more to the Word of God than just words on the page? Join us for an in-depth journey into the truth of God by means of open Socratic conversation. In Proverbs chapter 2, the Word of God says, If you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, indeed if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Welcome to Hidden Treasures Revealed. Welcome, everyone. Hope everybody had a good day. We're going to be circling back to actually how we started on the podcast back thinking about it. Hard to believe a year, Phil, we've been doing this podcast with the help of, of Yah, and it's just been a tremendous pleasure. And just had this concept going on in my mind today as I was at home and going through my work day and just had this sink in quite a few times about let's go back and revisit a such important concept. It's such an important understanding to help those that are seeking with all their heart, that are seeking the the truth of Yah to really find the truth, not be looking for somebody to tell them what the truth is, but really to discover it. And this came about to me by a concept that I was thinking about. And before we get into that concept, we're just going to go back and revisit with where we started at the podcast at the very beginning. The very first one was on bringing about the understanding of brainwashing and mind control. That this is brainwashing and mind control is something that everybody goes through. Everybody experiences. People may not think that they're brainwashed, that they have their mind controlled, but we know from the truth of God and from what we've been taught by Yah and by understanding that everyone goes through brainwashing and mind control, the importance of what we're getting into is making sure that you are in the process of brainwashing and mind control with the truth of God, where your mind is being cleansed, and being in the process of reprogramming with the truth and getting out programming that is dysfunctional. And the only way to do that, and we've talked about this is the very beginning of the gospel message, is to seek Yah with all your heart. And when Yah says that when you seek me, you will find me, when you seek for me with all your heart, they're talking about with your all your mind, but with everything that you are. If you think about this, with all the programming that you have in your life, you have to make a choice. It's a choice. You have to make a decision that you are going to seek God with all your heart and that you're going to do that, not caring how it affects you, putting aside everything that you you know and things that 
you do know that may line up with the truth, may not. And you start on this journey of finding faith in Yah. And this really stuck out in my mind. I was just thinking about this evening. And with what we talk about on this podcast, and just reiterate this again, that for those that are listening, we are here for those that really want to know the truth, people that are realize that something is amiss and what they're seeing out in the world in their church and that you really want to know the truth, no matter how it affects you. And that's something that you've got to set your mind in and really go after. So we're talking to the people that really want to know this. There's people that'll listen in that will listen here, there, or they may listen in just to say, Oh, that's wrong. That's wrong. And that's okay that they do that, but we're not concerned about those people. Y'all will take care of those people. We're concerned about people that really want to know this truth. And that's who we're speaking to with the brainwashing and the mind control because brainwashing and mind control continues through your whole life. It's something that is a absolute must in the journey of faith in Yah, because it is the concept that will can most hinder you and most help you in the journey because your greatest battle, those that are, on the journey of seeking with all your heart is yourself. The The battle is against you. The battle is against your programming, your past experiences, things that are in your subconscious, because understanding the truth of God, the, the understanding that we have has come by revelation of Abba, Ima, and Yeshua. And they are helping us on this journey. But the work that we do is looking at ourselves, evaluating why we do what we do. And we're only able to do that because of faith, because of faith in Yah, them giving us the power to be able to do this. And some of these things that are in the world, we may touch on, and we're not going to get into the actual discussion of this video, this question that was out there, but just to bring this out, because there's one side of this question that we've actually talked about before in our gathering. And then there's another question. And the thing that really got my mind going with this, with the, and it's not only the brainwashing and mind control, it's the cognitive dissonance. The cognitive dissonance, just a review of that is your understanding that is because of your programming that when you hear the truth of God, that if you're not open to it, that your programming would take over. There's a dissonance there because it doesn't line up with the truth of God. It doesn't line up with what you think it should be. It doesn't line up with what you feel. And there's a rejection of it in the lower conscience. There's a fighting against it. And that's the cognition is your understanding. And there's just a, a disconnect there. There's a battle against, as opposed to coming to the point and practice more and more of the opposite of that, which is cognitive resonance, which is you lining up with the truth of God to where it doesn't hit you and there's not a rejection or a fighting against it. It's an agreement with that. So, Phil, this we're watching a video tonight and just come across this. And so now one of the questions is, we've had the question before on what is a woman? And now there's a question, what is a father? Because of Father's Day here recently. And again, we're not going to get into a discussion on what a father is. That's That's not the point of bringing this up. The point of it is listening to the answers of people and people not knowing they don't know how to answer 
goes back to the brainwashing and mind control because you have an idea in your mind, what society has taught you, what you've allowed to come in. People will formulate their answers to those questions. What is a father? What is a woman? Things like that. And again, we're not getting into the, the actual discussion of what that is because through the creation of God through understanding, we know what a father is. We know what a mother is. We, we know what a woman is. We don't need to have discussions on that. And people that would want to get into that with us, that we're not going to have the time for that. Now, if somebody really wants to discuss, if they have a, a question, yes, we can go through it. But the point of bringing this up is, is that there's so much information and videos out there that people will listen to. They won't dig into it. They won't look for the truth in it. They will just accept it and believe it. And the reason they believe it is because of their programming, because of what they've seen as a child, them, and they accept that as true. And what got me into thinking about the brainwashing and mind control and the cognitive dissonance again was this. It was a scripture that just we had just talked about recently in our Sunday evening gathering. And it stood out to me because it mentions, and this is, if I remember right, it was in 2 Thessalonians, where Paul was writing, that in, in the scripture it says that I will send the people strong delusion so that they would believe the lie because they hated the truth and found delight in the fruit of unrighteousness. And I was really thinking about the word delusion, which anything that has a word with the shun suffix means the action of or the process of, of deluding. And I was just interested in this and I looked it up and just looked up the word delusion. And it's a concept of somebody holding on to a, with steadfastness, which means with conviction, with everything, somebody holding to a belief that they believe is true, even though there is indisputable fact to show that it is an error. For example, somebody were to say, and we've heard this before, God doesn't exist. Well, that person is in a delusion because the creation of God is absolute clear evidence the existence of God. Their invisible qualities are made known through their creation. The fact that there's justice, the, the fact that we get upset and we think things aren't just is the invisible qualities of God are made known. That God's existence is clear, unequivocally, indisputable that they exist, but people will still say because of being deluded, because they would rather believe the lie because it goes with their programming, what feels good to them to say, no, God doesn't exist. Or for example, men can have children. And again, we're not getting into those things, but there's a delusion because something that is not possible, but you look at it and you believe it as truth because of your selfishness and you are convinced of it, and you won't listen to anybody else. And I'm not saying that somebody can't change their mind, but somebody that will take on and believe, not look into it and believe it, and 
well, somebody said that, or somebody said that, or that's tradition, or I did that as a kid or whatnot. And the truth of God, in order for anybody to be able to understand it, you've got to discover it. You've got to seek after with all your heart. You've got to come to discover because me and Phil here, we're just like the word of God says, one of us waters, one plants. We put the food on the table. We give information. Yah's the one that gives the increase. Yah's the one that enables people to be able to understand because they will reveal it to you. Don't just listen to what we say. If what we say does not line up with the word of God, if it goes against what's written in the Bible, then don't listen to it. But as much depends on us with the help of mother, that we are speaking the truth of God and we have heart knowledge of it. We are experiencing it. We have put it into practice, but don't rely on what somebody tells you. Look into it, seek after it with all your heart and Yah will reveal it because Yah does not lie that what they promise they will do when you fulfill the stipulation that they've given. And there's just so much misinformation out there. There's so many things that are being told. People will even say this, you know, I really don't believe in free will choice. Okay. You hear somebody make a statement like that. Okay. Well, does that line up with the truth of God? Does the word of God mention that you don't have free will? Well, then how could the scripture come about that says, choose this day whom you will serve? As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord if there's no free will choice. And that's just one scripture that's coming to mind, but those kind of statements are made that, well, everybody's a child of God. Once again, is that what the word of God says? Does the word of God say that every person is a child of God? Well, you make this decision and you're saved um, and your sins are forgiven, past, present, and future. That sounds good to somebody listening, but is that, is that what the Word of God says? Does the Word of God say that your sins are forgiven, past, present, and future? And these are things that you've got to look into and discover and ask questions and not be satisfied if you don't get a good answer. Because we're not here just to answer questions. And we're not here just to lecture. And there are times that we'll give information, but we have conversation. The greatest thing that you can have in faith is discovery, as it says we have at the end of the podcast, that you discovering it for yourself, you experience it so that you can know it. And when you know it, nobody, once you know the truth, nobody's going to be able to convince you otherwise. Once you know something, once you know something, you can't unknow it. And it makes sense with the justice of God that Yah would send strong delusion so that people are without excuse to say, well, God, I didn't, they taught me wrong. And they, no, you chose to believe this lie. You chose not to go after the truth. You chose not to love the truth and so be saved. So therefore it's your fault because you didn't seek after it to find the truth. You just listened to what your itching ears wanted to hear. And there before in my, my justice, I brought this out to, so that I can separate those that found the truth and those that haven't. And I found it interesting, Phil, that it says that Yah sent it because people say, well, why would God do that? Is that, well, Yah has a purpose in it. 
because so we can figure out who are the ones that are truly seeking after it and not. And so you can give an answer to say, you had a choice in this, that we're not to be mocked here. You have the choice and you chose pleasure and unrighteousness as opposed to suffering for the sake of finding the truth. And I just, I found that just interesting and just tying it back to the brainwashing and mind control that because of your programming, you will go with what your programming does, what feels good to you, what you think is right. And you'll latch on to that. And you really have to make a mindset with resolve to really say, no, I am putting this aside and I'm going to seek after the truth, no matter how it affects me, because I want to know the truth. I don't want to live this life that I've been living thinking that I know something. I want to know the truth and that's what I'm going to seek after. And I'm not going to be satisfied until I find it. And that's the attitude, the mindset of going after this faith, because it is a challenge and you have to be willing to be wrong in order to be right, to find this truth. You had spoken about that Yah sent the delusion, which is true. But if we leave it just at that, then people may perceive that, well, God just decided to delude the minds of people. So how can that be my fault? It's not, not my fault. God deluded my mind. So no, God set everything up. So man is without excuse. And so anything God does, they have a reason for it. It's because of your choices. It's because of the people's choices that he turned them over to a depraved mind. He turned them over to a delusion because they chose to reject the truth and not accept the truth. And that's really important because yes, God did send a delusion. Well, God also sent an army against Israel. He said he was going to, and he did. And then people would get bent out of shape when oh, God would never do that. No, yes, he would. Go back and read the Old Testament and read what he did to his own people. He didn't spare his own people. And too many people today think, well, I'm going to be okay because of this or that. And he didn't spare his own people when they walked in disobedience. How much more are you, somebody who's a stranger? to God. And you think just because you say, I accept him as Lord and Savior, that that exonerates you. And it doesn't. Because you're living a delusion, which is a, a huge dilution of the truth. So the truth is diluted. And you're living in the process of accepting that, even though the word of God makes it clear to the contrary that you're that you're being delusional and there's so many areas that we can point out that the bible says this you claim faith in god but you say something to the contrary and somehow you think you're right and that the bible's wrong well you're picking and choosing and you're rearranging things to fit what you like and it's the whole concept of what they're doing what they're trying to do with natural science 
the biology perspective of changing. They're trying to redefine what a man and what a woman is. And I don't care what conclusion you come up to in a different definition. It still doesn't wipe away the truth that you're just living a delusion to think that you can be something other than what you are. You're living a delusion if you think you can be a dog. You're living a delusion if you think you can be a bear. You, you think you can be a bear? Then you go out in the woods and con confront another bear, and let's see what the outcome's going to be. So the objective is, is people are, and this is the work of the enemy through subliminal messages and through making people feel good, that we want to redefine everything. And even the word says that in later days, they will call what is good evil and what is evil good. And we see that even now uh, tremendously in the world. And the, the problem with this is, is you have a few people that are pushing these agendas, and then you have a lot of people that are sitting back like the Israel army, being a coward to the giant that you think it's a giant sitting in front of you, but it's only one person. You're a whole army. But you cower to that giant of changing the natural order of things for what reason? Because you're afraid of what the outcome's going to be or how people are going to look at you. So what? If you're worried about what people think about you, you're not going to have faith in God. You, you, you cannot have faith in God because the word says that if they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. If they hated me, they're going to hate you. And this was Messiah speaking. If they kill me, they'll kill you too. You have to get your mind in faith. You have to get your mind out of the temporal. What's happening now in this world and get your mind set on an eternal plane. A reality of understanding that when you know you live eternal, you don't have to fear these things. And it is, it's, it's the few people that make a loud racket that then everybody else cowers because, oh my gosh, we might get sued or we might, this might happen or that might happen. And it's like, well, I'll let God fight those battles. That's in God's hands. And if somebody hates me, they hate me. I, I'm not to hate them back. I, I'm called to love. But love had been redefined a long time ago. Love has been taken away from the actual concept that which God derived it in the beginning, which is all about doing what is best for the other person, not doing what makes them feel good. And we, well, I fell in love. No, love is not something you fall into. It's a choice. And as we look at these things, these are the things that you're brainwashed with through subliminal messages over thousands of years. We've been, a, uh, how many thousands of years since Messiah? And even Messiah spoke about the false prophets and the multitude of people who are going to believe them. Paul spoke about the false prophets. I believe Peter, Peter spoke about the false prophets. Uh, John, 
we're, we're, we're talking about 2000 years ago, they're telling us this and you live in today and we're seeing it even that much more. And there are many people that are false followers that are following the false prophets because, and we don't have to point them out. I don't have to say such and such at this church is a false prophet. I don't need to do that. All we need to do is share the truth of God. And if people accept the truth of God and read their Bible, they'll be able to see that these teachers are telling you they're putting yokes on you to fix things that the Bible tells you to fix that they themselves aren't willing to do because they don't know how to do it. They can't give you practical application to your life of how to apply it so that you can have a righteous life so that you can live without sin. And so as we look at these things, the problem comes into play is we're, we're having people redefine lines in all different areas. You know, this happened with the Israelites when they first had the rules for the Sabbath day and what they could do. But as, as time went by, they started to get a little more lenient with what they could do. So they're redefining the lines that God drew in the beginning. And even Messiah spoke about the lying pen of the scribes and people have been brainwashed and mind controlled to think that what's written in what we know as the Bible is the absolute complete infallible word of God. And it's not the, the, Infallible word of God is every word that comes from God's mouth. What we have and what we know as the Bible is translated from the Dead Sea Scrolls, from transcripts, and then broken down to where each different, the King James redefined the Dead Scrolls. And then you come along and the NIV redefined, or the, the New King James redefines the King James. And then the NIV redefines the New King James. And then they, you go through all the different aspects of Bibles that redefine what the Bible's saying, but none of them have Mother, the Spirit of God, within them in order to guide them and give them revelation, not translation. That's the biggest problem with people in the Bible today. And I saw somebody posted something on Facebook about people worshiping the King James Bible. Well, they don't just worship the King James Bible. They worship all kinds of Bibles, not just those who just say the King James, that's it. That's no, no other one is right. It's anybody who thinks that the Bible itself is the absolute holy word of God. No, is there words of God in it? Absolutely. But you need the Spirit's uh, guidance because even the Dead Sea Scrolls that were translated would have been written and, and recorded time and time again by the scribes. And we know that Messiah talked about the lying pen of the scribes. So <laughs> it's not an unknown thing that there are 
have been changes to what the Bible says in order for people to be able to feel better. And that's what they're doing. They're trying to redefine uh, biology and, you know, what's a father? And, and I'm sure that has something to do with, well, two women that get married, one of them can be the father because of whatever reason. <clears throat> and regardless of that, the reality of this is, is the brainwashing and mind control run so deep and so rampant that you don't recognize, that you don't understand is there, and that's your biggest enemy. To sit there and think you're not brainwashed and mind-controlled, you're already defeated because it's a fact. Even if you have faith and true faith, full faith in God, that comes by brainwashing. And God knows that people are brainwashed. God knows that people are brainwashed to be selfish. They, they, when God says, love your neighbor as yourself, God knows that your programming is you will do in your mind what you think is best for you. When God says, love your neighbor as yourself, when you start translating that to other people, well, I'm doing what's best for this person, not doing what's best for me. And we just spoke about this recently when we were talking, and I don't care who you are. If you don't have the fullness of faith in God, you cannot get away from that aspect of the love of self which means you do everything for your own, uh, what's best for you, what's your mind. Now, in the end, it's not necessarily going to be best for you because what's best for you is the truth of God, and the truth of God is going to hurt sometimes, and it's not going to feel good, and it's going to be difficult, but do you want it, and do you want it bad enough? And so when we look at these aspects, we have to go back to the core of what God's intention was and then go with that when we live our life. Because too many people and too many times, and this is what it talks about when talking about the muddied water of the scriptures, because it's been muddied through time, even with the aspect of divorce. What was God's original tent, intent in the beginning? that you wouldn't get divorced. Moses gave them the ability to have a certificate of divorce, but that was because their hearts were hard. It wasn't an intention of God, and God doesn't agree with divorce. That's why God says, I hate divorce. That It's a fact of that. But people will continually work towards making themselves feel good because to them, that's what's best for them. And the reality of love your neighbor as yourself, if you start actually loving people by doing what's best for them, even if it makes your life miserable or makes your life hard, that's what love is. Because love entails sacrifice. Now, when that person embraces that love, then they're not going to stomp on you and they will, in turn, do for you what is best for you. 
But the only way you can escape the selfishness and people will argue that, no, I did it because I really wanted to help that person. Yeah, in your conscious mind, that's what you're thinking. But in your subconscious, which is below the surface, which is you don't see is where your programming is. You're doing it because you get some sort of good feeling from doing that thing. Even if it's I do, I'm doing it because I'm trying to protect myself. I'm still doing it for myself, not for the other person. And you cannot, you cannot, absolutely cannot get away from me and selfishness until you die to self by crucifying yourself with Christ. That means you are done with you, and then you are able to humble yourself before God. And as you're humbling yourself before God, you start a a different regimen of brainwashing and mind control, which is an avenue of understanding and recognizing what you're putting in your lower conscience through repetition so that when it comes up, you're able to say, yes, I know I have that because I went through the process of training myself to do that. And it's evident in uh, professional sports. And, you know, those people started as little kids learning the fundamentals and drilling that stuff. You do drill after drill after drill, soccer players with their feet, kicking a ball, kicking a ball, kicking a ball, controlling the ball, kicking. And you do that until you don't have to think about it anymore. And when you don't have to think about it anymore, then you've just brainwashed yourself to that aspect, whatever it is. The detriment is when you're brainwashed and you don't see the brainwashing you've had. That's where the delusion comes from because you choose to reject the truth and believe the lie. And because you reject the truth, you're turned over to a depraved mind. You're going to have delusions that even with the proof put in front of somebody, that they still live in the delusion and they have to make some excuse, some reason why it's not that way. In him, there is no sin. You ask people in Christianity, do you sin? Yes, we all sin. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We all sin. We just don't live in sin. No, if you sin, you're living in sin. And why are you living in sin? Because you've been programmed to think that you can't get away from it anyway. And you, when you sin, you haven't repented to God, but you've been told Christianity has diverted the message that Paul was preaching, the message that Messiah was preaching. All of that was diverted off to a brainwashing of You can have faith in God through Messiah and still have sin in your life. And you ask somebody who claims they have faith in God if they sin, well, yes. Yes, we all do. Well, you're going off of your programming because that's what you've been told, and you didn't take the time to read the Bible through and discover that Well, the Bible says something contrary. The Bible within itself that you profess to be the absolute infallible word of God says in him there is no sin. Yet somehow 
you write that off and justify your sin. Because why? You're redefining the lines. You're drawing the lines. You're moving the boundary lines that God has put in place. And this is why it's so important that people who really want to know the truth about God and they want to have that connection to God, they must go back to the old covenant and walk in obedience to the old covenant, not doing it with the mindset that that's going to give you salvation. You're doing it because you want to prove to God that you agree with them 100%. That's an aspect of repentance. I agree with you 100%, and I believe that everything you did and everything you said was true. And when I see somebody who does who did something back then, then that ties to me whenever I've wronged God and how did God respond when they grumbled against him. And when they did these things, even the rebellion of Korah, when there's the family members and everybody that was with Korah were swallowed up in the ground, That's what, and the Israelites were told, everybody else get away from them because this is coming to an end. And why do you think in this day that people don't have the fear of God? Because they've bought into the delusional lie that, oh, God's, God, God is love. God's not a terrorist. And the reality is, is that you either accept God as a terrorist now and become his friend, or you're trying to make God to be your friend, and you're going to see God's terror in the end. And as you're being escorted off to the abyss, you're going to be sitting there in your mind knowing it was the choices that you made that put you where you are. You will not be able to blame anybody else. So if there's a false teacher, the people who are following them and accepting their teaching, they still have to answer for why they followed that because it doesn't line up with the word and they're teaching you a delusional lie that you are holding on to even when the Bible says something different. Even when Messiah told two people, one, uh, go and sin no more. The woman caught in adultery, go and sin no more. And then the young man he healed uh, he was lame and, and Messiah healed him. He said, go and leave your life of sin. Leave something worse happen to you. And we've said this before, the worst that could happen to him would be he end up in hell. So leave your life of sin. And if it wasn't possible for us to do that by following and walking and living the life that Messiah did, then we wouldn't be told to do that. We wouldn't be told that in him there is no sin. We wouldn't be told that in him, if you claim to be in him, you must walk as he did. And these are things that are just plain in the Bible. And, and it's not just one place in 1 John. It's the whole book of 1 John that lays this aspect out in a huge perspective but people will believe the lies. And the people who are teaching the false teaching, they've been brainwashed to believe that what they're teaching is right. So they're not teaching it with ill intention. There may be somebody out there 
who's trying to teach with ill intention, but they're trying to teach about God. But just like the Pharisees, Nicodemus, Messiah speaking to him, you're a teacher of the law and you don't know these things? These pastors from uh, Christianity, you're a pastor, you're a teacher of God's word, yet you don't know how to get away from sin, but you sit there and tell everybody that they need to stop sinning, but you yourself and the people in your congregation have no ability to stop sinning because you've programmed them to think that it's an impossibility. You program them to think that because you stand up in the front and you're elevated above them, that you know better than they do. And so you got to listen to me. And there's a lot of people that won't question those things. And this is the challenge to people who are seeking with all of their heart. You're seeing something's wrong. Ask your pastors these questions and take the, the scripture from the Bible with you and say, well, you made this statement, but the Bible here says this. How can what you say be right if the Bible says something different? It, it, it's a fact that it can't. You, you either believe the, what God says or you don't, but stop drawing different lines just to make yourself feel better. People draw lines with the whole thing of tattoos. And I'm not convinced 100% about the whole tattoo thing, except for the fact that if God says don't tattoo your body, then you probably ought to be talking to God about doing it. But people be like, wow, it's okay to get a, you know, I got Jesus written on my arm or I got the sign of a cross or whatever it is that you put that you're putting to faith. God doesn't want you to display that on your body. God wants you to display If you want to tattoo something, tattoo your mind and your subconscious with the will of God. That's where you want to do your tattooing because that's where you're going to be set apart and proved holy just as God is holy. And so it's just, and this this aspect of with brainwashing and mind control is just, we could talk about this multiple times because it has to do with the psychology of the mind. And most people are not ignorant of it because if you were ignorant of it, that means that you would know the psychology of the mind and then just be ignoring it. But they just have no idea because they don't pursue it to understand how brainwashing and mind control is a factual part of life. It was part of the created human being that God created in order that you would be able to function without having to think every single task all the way through. Something I'm going to add to what you had mentioned, which is really good. In regards to people not knowing what they're doing and not seeing that they're brainwashed. That's, that's something that's taken out to me with this is that it's not the fact that the brainwashing and mind control, it's the fact that you don't see where you're brainwashed and mind controlled. And that's when you will believe the lies 
because you don't, you think that you know the truth of it. And because you don't, whatever comes in that will go in line that makes you feel good, that you accept, you will go with it. And it came to mind, we had mentioned part of the gospel message is walking in repentance. Repentance is a change of direction, but repentance is also a commitment to change your mind when Yah brings something to your attention. It's not just that, yes, you make a commitment to turn your life to God and to do what they want to walk in their truth, but it's also that you're willing to change your mind on something. Yah brings you something. You get revelation on something. Oh, wow. I didn't, I didn't recognize that. I didn't understand that that was true. I'd understand it now. I'm going to do this. That's part of your repentance because the word says, John the Baptist, a lot of people out there claim to be affiliated with the Baptist church. And do you know what the word of God says about what John the Baptist said to do that produce fruit in keeping with repentance, produce godly fruit, keeping with a changed mind, a commitment to the truth, walking in God's direction, no matter what they want you to do. And think about this. Think about sending a strong delusion and think about what's out there in terms of how do you get saved? Oh, you accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. Well, well, there's nothing you have to do because it's by grace you're saved. There's no works. There's nothing you could ever do to earn it. There's nothing. Oh, man, that sounds good. So I don't have to do anything. I just You just say this prayer. I haven't found this in a grocery store. About a month or so ago, I was just looking along for something. I look over, and you see the gospel track just tucked in right with the look like the little Debbie cakes and stuff. And I picked it up and open it up. And, you know, do you know how to get saved and just say this prayer? You know, Jesus, I'm a sinner come into my heart, save me. And you look at that and it's delusional because where in the word of God does it say that you acknowledge the son of God come into my heart and save me? You don't see it, but that's part of the delusion. And think about that. How many people are think that they're saved but then you ask them, like you said, do you sin? Oh, yeah, we all sin. So you're claiming to be saved, but it's okay to continue to sin. Where does it say that? Well, you know, Jesus this, Jesus that, but that's not what I ask. Where, what does the Bible say about it? Where? Show me. And that's the thing. If somebody were to ask us questions, and we don't know everything, what we know is what's been given to us by revelation, and we would have understanding. Somebody could say to us, well, show me in the Bible where this is shows me clearly that this is what the truth is. All right, well, I'll show it to you. Somebody may say, well, that's not the truth. It's this. Okay, well, what about Hebrews? Well, Hebrews isn't for us because that's for the, the Jews. And okay, but you claim to be a believer in Messiah. And the word of God says one is a Jew if they have circumcision of the heart, that they're a Jew inwardly of the spirit, not of the written code. So if you have circumcision of the heart, then Hebrews does apply to you. If you're a believer in God, Hebrews applies to you. But if you don't think that Hebrews applies to you, then are you a believer in God? Are you in faith in God? And those are the the things you'll hear things like that. You'll hear, well, Hebrews doesn't, that's not for us. We don't understand. Or even I had this happen to me. I was speaking with my sister and we were talking about the thorn in the flesh. Well, that's something that, you know, we just, we're not able to understand. And I said, 
Well, there is understanding for it. And you think about it, think about Messiah walking through the old covenant or the first covenant, the thorn in the flesh, the sin nature being in your heart, being a thorn that that thorn is taken out of your heart and placed in the body of flesh. Messiah was mentioned as he became sin for us all, but he didn't commit a sin. And interesting how he had a crown of thorns on his head. The thorn being the representation of sin, that a thorn in the flesh versus a thorn in the heart, that he became sin, meaning that he became the sacrifice for sin so that he made the way for us so that in him we could become like him without sin. Just different things like this. It was just, you hear so many things in the world. And really, if you don't stop and do what the word of God says to take every thought captive and make it submissive to Messiah, then you're going to, you can be dragged into some things that could delude. And that's why the word says in these end times, there's going to be people coming and things are going to happen. And these miraculous signs and wonders are done that could deceive the elect if that were possible. And the reason it says, if that were possible is because the elect, the elect of God are the ones that have circumcision of the heart that have mother within and mother is not going to be deceived. You have mother within your heart that that's going to keep you from being deceived. But it's going to be such a a huge sign that even if that were possible, it's such a crafty thing that's going to fool people. And that's why you better be sure that you find the truth of God, that you have mother within your heart so that you can discern. And as the word says, that you can know the spirit of truth and be able to discern between the spirit of truth, which is mother, and the spirit of error, which is the enemy, which is this delusion. And I want to go back just a moment to what you said I agree with is that when Yah sent the delusion, it wasn't because God just, okay, I just want to prove that these people are never going to accept me. No, it was, it's been made clear, just like the creation outside. It's been made clear. The word of God has been made clear. My son has come. He's made the word clear. You've chosen to reject it. You've chosen to suppress the truth. Therefore, I'm going to give you over to a depraved mind so that you'll do what ought not to be done. So I'm going to send this delusion because really that's what you wanted. You didn't want to seek after it. So I'm going to give you that, but then you're going to be punished for it with everlasting fire. If you don't repent and find true faith in me. So really just like they said, well, we want a King. Well, why don't you want me as God to be your King? Why do you want a King? Okay. If you want a King, then I'll give you a King. And you have no reason to grumble against me because I gave you what you asked for. Since you didn't want me as your king, then you're going to get the fruit of what, what you actually asked for instead of what's the actually absolute best for you. And this is just such a huge concept. And you're exactly right that we could take this and we could talk for another two, three, four hours and just talk about people would say, why do you do what you do? And if somebody answers, I don't know, then there's an issue, something to work on to say, we should know more and more why we do what we do. And the reason we don't know is because of the brainwashing and mind control. It's because of the repetitive nature, doing things over and over again, not really looking into why, not connecting the dots. And everybody does this, but the, this true faith in God that 
those listening you are able you can find is once you come to the understanding and you can see the truth and understand it you can't unsee it and then when you look at the bible and you read and you look into it more it just becomes clearer and clearer and clearer and really what it does phil is it goes in the reverse you had mentioned the delusion you like you take let's say coffee or something and you dilute it and you just keep diluting it until it just disappears and then you keep diluting it and diluting it and diluting it, it it loses its its essence with what we have is that it's taking what we used to think was true and it's going from the opposite perspective that we're getting we're filtering out all the garbage to where it's going back to the pure living water clean pure living water of god that is clean and pure and not diluted and not watered down so we're able to take people to turn away from and start getting rid of all that black brackish water that's all polluted and get out of that stuff and get into the clean pure water of the word and as the word says you know washing with pure water washing with water through the word that the word of god is that is that clear crisp water and we had talked about this before for me if i've worked outside or something exercised and i want something that's really going to quench my thirst there is nothing for me better than that ice water just almost to the point where even when you put it in your mouth you start getting that kind of that ice cream headache that that pure water clear ice water is the most refreshing the most quenching the most satisfying and that's the truth of god which is unfiltered pure holy and that's what we have the truth of god unfiltered is the most satisfying quenching thing and unfortunately in the world what people choose to believe is you could put it to the coke the pepsi the soft drinks the juices things like that that are just so filled with sugar and preservatives that if you even had the pure water you would more than likely reject it because it would taste so foreign to you because you've been drinking the water that's so diluted and so sweet that you think that that's the best taste that it can be and you don't understand no this water that is the truth of god is just so much better of a taste nothing can satisfy like this until you've actually tasted it kind of like you eat the vine ripe fruit or vegetables until you've had one of those the ones at the grocery store you can't even compare to when you have the actual genuine real deal and that's that's the path of seeking with all your heart is to find the true bread of life that true food that is the most satisfying thing you could ever have to where you just want more and more of it and it's and it completely satisfies well when i kind of draw back to uh, what you said about the filter and see if maybe you'll have a little bit of a change of mind uh, because you said we we want pure water unfiltered water well if we drink unfiltered water okay we're drinking the garbage that that people are selling as the water of god that is muddied and dirty i uh, but how do you get purified water how do you get pure water like or the closest thing to pure water like we would have here is spring water that it's 
that's a filtered water that the uh, filtering system is the ground that that water is flowing through, the rocks that it flows over, the, the waterfalls that it tumbles down, and then it passes through the ground. It's passing through a filtering system, which makes it the purified water. And so we want the water that we drink to be filtered by God so that it removes the mud from the water so that we are drinking the purified water, not drinking the muddied water, because that's the difference that we're talking about, is we're drinking the water that goes through the filter of Yah through Messiah, and the uh, other faiths and Christianity are muddying the water and this is why it's so important to have that personal relationship with God, to have the fullness of faith so that you have that direct connection to God. You're not depending on somebody standing in front of you in a pulpit telling you what you have to do and why you have to do it. No, you have God telling you what they'd like you to do, and you walk in obedience to it. And so God is the one that we want to make sure that is this pure water, the the, the pastor that's telling you these stories and telling you these lies, does it really line up with the word? Well, he went to seminary. Certainly he knows. No, he doesn't. You and I haven't been to seminary, and we, we know more because of mother in us than any of those pastors in Christianity because we have the ability not only to cleanse ourselves but to teach other people how to cleanse themselves. And it's through the gospel message that you walk through that gospel message and the water's filtered from God. And you want to make sure that it's the pure water of God. If the Bible says it, you want to have somebody that you can go to that's the author of the book that got translated and uh, redone multiple times. You want to go to the author and say, hey, this says this, but what does it really mean? A big sticking point from the Bible that people have been brainwashed and mind-controlled in is uh, people get upset when they hear the words of Paul when he says, I do not allow a woman to have to speak in the church. And he wasn't referring to a woman speaking some sort of prophecy or prophetic message that she was given because Paul spoke about prophetesses that uh, worked alongside with him. And so the translation in the Bible, they translated it that I don't allow women to speak in the church. And that's not what he meant. He, what he meant was, and, and this is how he would have said it, that I do not allow, allow a woman to teach a man by holding uh, him accountable by, by, you know, she would be in a position to uh, force him that she would be over him. And that's not, that's not the way God designed man and woman. And if you get upset about that, that's not me. That's the word of God and God saying, no, this was the design. And so don't try to, if you're in a specific position, don't try to exert authority over somebody who's not under you. It's no different than you at your job going to your manager, trying to force your manager to do something. 
And people in this world will do that. They will try to force a manager and some managers cave to that and they coddle the people instead of no, no, no. I'm, I'm the manager. You're the employee. I tell you what to do now, not from a lording it over them perspective, but people even do this with kids. They, they don't direct the kid. Kids are taught a lot of times that no is not no but it's a possible maybe yes. And here's how. Have you ever seen somebody disciplining a kid and they'll be like, no, don't do that. No, no, no. If you do that again, I'm going to, what? Don't do that again. Well, okay. All right. Well, just this once. Well, you just redefined what no means to that child. And you do that repetitiously with that child, you're programming them to understand that if somebody out in this world tells them no, they're going to keep pushing it until, because they think that if they push it, then the other person's going to cave. Well, they, the other person may cave if they're soft like that, but there's a lot of people that are like, no, I said, no, do you understand what no means? Well, they understand no means, well, no for right now, but if you keep bugging me and bugging me, eventually just to shut you up, I'm going to give it to you. So it's a no, maybe yes. <laughs> so, And this is all just aspects of programming that happen in the world and people don't see it. They don't recognize, you know, it's like this. Your kid comes to you. How many parents, when a kid comes to them and lies to them about something, that they lie to the parent and the parent knows they lied, is the parent like, oh, okay, no big deal. No, the parent's going to get bent out of shape. and You don't lie to me and you don't, but you program them to lie by lying to them about Santa Claus and lying to them them about the tooth fairy and lying to them about the Easter bunny and all these fictitious characters that are not a, in an existence in reality in this world, but rather in existence in a fantasy in the world. And you've programmed them to lie, but now you're mad at them because they lie. And I don't know how, who taught you to lie? Well, you did because you lie to them you lie to your kids, so you, you have a pet and the pet dies and you tell the kid, well, he went off to, we sent him off to a farm. Well, you don't teach that kid how to deal with death. And sometimes when you're dealing with kids, they're going to be brutally honest and you have to be prepared for it, but you should be honest with them. And we had a situation where we had a dog, I. Uh, and one of my sons, the youngest son, he was about eight years old and this eight year old boy. And the dog we had was a black lab and we had had, it was about two weeks where he didn't eat anything. He just laid around. He didn't. So we were going to take him to have him, uh, put him to sleep or, you know, to put him to death. <laughs> and we explained to my son that this is what we were going to do. And he looked us square in the eye 
and said, if I get sick and there's nothing the doctors can do to me, are you going to kill me too? Man, you talk about something that just cuts you right to, right to the heart. But I can tell you that we made the choice to do that. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. I'll never make that choice again. I'll leave that choice in God's hands. If the dog lays there for, for six months and doesn't move, but is still breathing, I'm not doing, I, I myself, and I have said that with resolve. I did that once before. Uh, I'm not doing that again. I'm not taking that upon myself to take the life of something. If it's out of, if it's in my control to do so. You know, God has that ability to do it, but we were honest with him about what we were going to do. And though I understand he didn't like it at the time, but later on, he understands that, well, if we tell him something, he can trust that what we're saying is right. And don't get me wrong. We had our time of, uh, getting all caught up when we were in Christianity with the whole Christmas thing and putting on the whole facade of Santa and the Easter bunny and all this stuff. We, we did it. I can't change that. So having a regret that we did, it doesn't do me any good. Having the ability to teach somebody else. Don't do that because you're training your child in brainwashing to be a liar. And you don't recognize you think, you're doing it in the pretense of making them feel good, but you're still teaching them to lie. And so we've got to be really careful. And it's like the, the song slow fade, you know, be careful because little eyes are watching you. And this is why parents don't understand that their kids are going to end up just like them. And the kids don't understand why they just, why they ended up like their parents. They will swear. I will never act like that. I'm going to make sure that I never act like that. And then one day they're going to have a kid and they're going to do that exact same thing their parent did. And then they're going to be like, I said, I was never going to do that. Well, the problem is, is that you've been brainwashed and mind controlled so that you can't help yourself. I see this in aspects of divorce where somebody is with somebody for a long period of time. So the amount of time you've been with that person, what you saw in them in the beginning and the time you've been with them is all been brainwashing that you don't recognize is there. And you just get to a point where I'm done. I, you know, I'm, I, I get away from this person. I'm, I'm, I don't want to have anything to do with this person ever again. Well, what they don't understand when they say that, is the very next person that they go to is going to be very similar to the one they just left, but it's going to be in the early part of the relationship like it was with the other one. And you weren't looking for those things at that time in the relationship. And now 20 years later, it's a big deal. And, and you are walking through a repetitive door and you'll see people, they'll be divorced two, three, four times. Why? Because they always end up with the same type of person. And more than likely, that person is a reflection of their parents. They don't know that, but their, uh, their demeanor and the way they carry themselves, they are a reflection of the parent. And this is why it's so important 
to understand that you will be brainwashed and mind controlled in this life. The, the question is, are you going to see it and be a part of your own brainwashing and mind control by washing with water through the word? Or are you going to continue to let other people brainwash you because you're listening and thinking that they know what they, they're talking about? It's the, the decision is up to you, but I know for a fact that with the faith that we have, that gives us the ability to speak like we speak and do these things, that I've gotten to where I am today because of the brainwashing of mind control of understanding what I'm putting in my lower conscience and what I'm getting rid of out of my lower conscience that I know that I'm washing with water through the word. I'm washing my brain. I'm cleansing my brain. But I am now on a path to make sure nothing goes into my subconscious that I don't consciously know is going in there. And in order to do that, you have to be aware, you have to pay attention, and you have to be on guard to make sure that what's going in is truth. And in order for truth to go in, you got to get rid of some garbage first. So you see something that is not right. No, I'm not doing that because it's not right according to God. I'm doing this because this is what the Bible says that I need to do. So that's what I'm going to do. And you have to go through a continual process of take out the old brainwashing and put in no new brainwashing. And we continue to practice these things and practice is uh, brainwashing and mind control. It was about a year ago or so that we had somebody that you actually work with that wanted to come to our gathering and she actually came one time and then she didn't come after that. And it was because of, you had mentioned about Christmas and that's the thing. And I chuckled a little bit before we started because you've got a, in this room, you got a bottle of carpet cleaner called Resolve. And Resolve means is that you, with a steadfastness, a, a firm decision in mind that you're not changing your mind, that this is what I'm going to do. And But think about that. She let, instead of letting the Word of God take over and know I'm doing what the Word of God says, you let the programming and something from your, well, I mean, my son or daughter, I mean, if I don't get to see them, or is that really what God, would God really want you to not celebrate this and no, they probably not. So yeah, I'll just, but did you go to, did you talk to Yah about it? Did you go to the word of God to talk about it? Or did you just make a decision based on that? And so far we haven't seen this person again. Doesn't mean that they could never come back, but we've had several people, families come in to our gathering to come in to see it. And because of the cognitive dissonance, because of the brainwashing and mind control, you just get that overwhelming uncomfortableness and it's too long and you really, you have to really fight tooth and nail against your own. See, that's the thing. One of the songs that we listen to often is from Rocky Four, The Burning Heart by Survivor. And anybody out there, if you've ever heard of the band Survivor, they're the ones that did Eye of the Tiger and really enjoy some of their songs. And you get a moment, listen to that because he said, it's a battle of wills. It's you against you. And the reason this is being brought out again is because of the circular aspect of this, it's so important to realize that the biggest battle you're going to have is not other people. It's you, it's your programming, it's your 
life that you've made for yourself with the choices you've made even up to this point, that's what you'll, what you'll find is with circumcision of the heart, you now dig into that lower conscience of yours and see all the hoarding that's taken place, all the dysfunctional things that have gone in that need to be replaced with godly things. And it does, it takes a life, see, that's the thing, it takes a lifelong commitment to this. And that's why bringing this, just like Peter said to the children of God when he was speaking, that even though you know the truth, we know you know it, but it's good to remind you of these things again so that you can have it in the forefront of your mind. That if you're having a struggle with this, to realize there's so much that has gone on in your life. And I even think about statements that people would say, well, somebody's this kind of age, if they're on their deathbed, maybe they could have a deathbed conversion. And I'm not saying that a deathbed conversion couldn't happen, but you think about somebody that's lived their life into their seventies and eighties, all that programming that you come to somebody with something, what are they going to accept? Are they going to accept, Oh, just say this prayer and you'll go into the kingdom and you'll be saved or no, it's not a, a quick decision like that. It's about turning to God and seeking with all your heart. Well, no, we got to get them saved quick because they're about to die. And the word of God doesn't say anything about a deathbed conversion, but the word of God does say that today is the day of salvation, which means don't put it off. You don't know what you're guaranteed. You're not guaranteed anything. So today, if, if it's in your mind, make the commitment today. Don't wait. Don't delay is what it says. And if somebody is 80, 90 years old, then there's been a lot of todays and tomorrows that have gone by of programming and it's not impossible, but it's going to make it that much harder. So the sooner somebody can seek and find the truth of God, the better it's going to be even starting as a young child to teenager and to adolescent and to adult, that the sooner you can come to this and understand it. And even we're seeing that now gathering that Josh and Anna Ruth, their daughter coming along at her age, that with her being brought up in this as young as she is, she has the greater opportunity to come to it and even have a better life this side of the kingdom because of that. And, and that's the thing. It's not too late until you breathe your last breath. So don't delay these things. Really evaluate them. It's not a hurry thing. It's just about don't put it off. You know, if, if it's coming to mind to make a commitment to seek God with all your heart, don't put it off, but don't go into it without counting the cost. So there, there's a balance here. So this is a, I like how Yah does this, that though we've still talked about brainwashing and mind control in, in many, many podcasts, but we haven't. There's sometimes where we'll just focus on one thing over another to give us more information on this. But this is even in the word of God where this even happened at the beginning that Yah gave Adam and Eve instructions on the, the trees they could eat from. And the enemy comes along and introduces the a, a way to have cognitive dissonance to where, did God really say? Well, that starts the process, and then it just keeps going on in corruption, even in Messiah's time. If you want to have life within you, you must eat my flesh, drink of my blood. And it said many people left and didn't come back. And he said, does this offend you? Do you want to go away too? Is this of cognitive dissonance? Is this too much for you to where you think it's too hard of a teaching? And some of the, the ones that stay with him, you know, they said, Lord, you have the words of eternal life. Where are we going to go to? And he wasn't coddling them saying, oh, I know it's hard. And 
yeah, it's a hard truth to, to understand, but it's just, it's just, well, if this offends you, then move on, but I'm not changing what the truth of God is. And, and that's the thing, even the, the people around him from the, the programming coming through the law and, and all that stuff that they were just convinced that this is the way, and they weren't going to hear of anybody else bringing anything different. You know, isn't this the son of Joseph and Mary telling me that he's the, that this is the son of God or all this stuff that he doesn't know what he's talking about? Well, because of the brainwashing and mind control that from our, our studies, we thought that this king that was coming was going to be like David, that it was going to be ruling and reigning, not walking around like he's doing. And once again, cognitive dissonance, because this doesn't line up with Moses. You're not speaking what Moses said. And it's like, no, you don't understand. Moses would agree with what I'm saying, but you don't understand it because it's been watered down and diluted. And that that's a, was a nice point to make that it's so watered down that it doesn't taste like the original. And we even talked about this recently with, with COVID and things that I made a comment that the food just doesn't taste the way that it did. But I've had changes in my life and having COVID plus the fact that when I was a kid, I had acquired a different taste, but I can tell you that the taste that I had back then has changed till now. And we had even mentioned that, that the things of God are an acquired taste. You have to acquire a taste for the things of God that you've got to eat them over and over again to acquire a taste and taste that it's really good so that you'll continue in it. And because of the brainwashing and mind control, cognitive dissonance, people will, it'd be like, well, that's like sushi. I don't want to try that. Yeah, but you don't know what it is until you try it. No, it just seems like it's too hard. Well, if it's easy, I'll do it. But it's just, this seems just too hard. You know, you meet too long at night. You're, I'm going to get home at one in the morning. It's too hard. Or you meet for five hours. I don't have enough time. I just, yeah, but you have to be willing to acquire a taste for it. And this faith journey is not a simple journey. It is challenging and it takes determination and grit. And we mentioned this before that this isn't, you have to be willing to go full steam ahead, not look back. And it takes a full commitment in your mind and then your heart will follow as you go. But yeah, this is a, the psychology of the mind. And we found that people really latch onto these podcasts with psychology of the mind and things like that, how the mind works. But this is just a, a huge insight into your biggest challenge that you're going to have in your faith journey is going to be you. And yes, other people will come against you, things like that, but you are going to be the one that you're going to have to conquer. Yeah, I had this thought about brainwashing and mind control, and I give a couple worldly examples of brainwashing and mind control. And all it takes is for somebody to either get on something that you feel like you agree with or use fear. Uh, there's many different ways, or you're trying to fight against somebody else. So you accept a different way than that, what you're fighting against. And I give you an example. Okay. So back with the whole aspect with Hitler and what he was doing with the Jews and how horrendous that 
people have made that out to be and still make it out to be. And I'm not saying that that's no small thing. Okay. And, but they make a huge deal out of Hitler's practicing eugenics by killing all these Jews while at the very same time we were at war with Germany because of this aspect of uh, eugenics in this very country we in the United States were practicing eugenics we weren't killing living people but we were killing the ability for them to produce living people they and you can look it up in the eye uh, with the the mental conditions and the eye uh, insane asylums well their idea was like hitler well hitler's was well we got to annihilate the jews so we get rid of this filth well the concept with the eugenics in this country was sterilization of the crazy people. So if we sterilize them, they can't have kids and they won't produce any more crazy people, which is ridiculous because somebody being mentally unstable is not genetic. It's programmed. Now you see a mother who is bipolar and She's depressed, and, well, the odds for her children to end up the same way she is, it's pretty good that that's what they're going to end up, unless they make a heart change, they make a mind change and a heart change to not be like that, and they resolve it. They set it adamantly never to change again. Then they have the ability to start moving away from it, but you have to recognize that programming has such a grip on you that you can't get away from it. Generally, people who grow up in a Republican family background will vote Republican regardless of whether they know or understand who that person is, what they've done, why they've done it, how they've done it. Most people don't know. Most people vote because that's what they lean towards, and they were programmed that way. And then you have the the people who were raised uh, in the aspect of the Democratic perspective and so they're uh, they were raised in that and they do the same thing we got to vote democrat because that's the right one and the republicans are wrong well that's why we stay away from politics because we want god as our king and the bible tells us that god chooses who's going to be in the position of authority and I don't want to try to choose who I want. And too many people that claim to have faith in God will get all up in arms about political issues that come from a Democratic or Republican or a uh, Independent or Tea Party or whatever it is. And they try to bring God into it and the church into it. And it's like, No, if you have faith in God, have faith in God because God's kingdom is about God's kingdom. Just like the uh, Israelites when they were going to be taken by the Babylonians. 
God told them, don't fight against them. Just go, go with them and live in the land. Well, that's what I'm doing here. I'm not, uh, yes, in my earlier years, because of being raised in a family that generally uh, would vote Republican, that would be my tendency, would be to vote Republican, because this is, this is the, uh, that, that's just what you do. Uh, you, you, you don't understand who this person is and what they're about and what they're going to do for the country. And if God puts leaders in place and deposes them, then who is it for me to say who should be there? You think you have control over it, which you do to a point, because God says, okay, we're going to give you what you want. You want a king? Here he is. And for me, that's why I don't vote. I don't have a problem if people want to vote and you want to, you want to vote Republican or Democrat or whatever you want to vote, you do what you want to do, but I'm not going to get caught up in political speeches about various different political issues because our concern is the truth of God. And I've been able to break free from that programming of the aspect of politics. I've been able to break free from the aspect of the accepting Jesus as Lord and Savior. And it's a beautiful thing. You even have, and I saw this in a uh, cousin of mine, where his parents were hardcore Republican, and they were like all about all the, the, the different things and conferences and all this. Well, he chose the opposite side. But he didn't choose the opposite side because it was right. He chose the op- he chose the opposite side because he knew it was going to be a dig at his parents. And then it's just the craziness that you don't realize that the whole slow fade thing, you're training your kids and how they turn out is you. And this is why they get older and they do something and then you discipline them in public and you make a big scene like, like they're wrong. And how, how'd they learn to do what they did? Cause you let them get away with it at some point in time. And the more time goes on, the less people want to discipline their kids. They want to be, you know, soft and well, we just, we don't think that that corporal punishment is right. Well, it may not be right for one because the magic one, two, three works great. But for another one, the magic one, two, three doesn't do nothing. So you need to use corporal punishment. But the problem with corporal punishment is too many people use that in a state of rage or anger instead of matter of factly, Hey, this was your crime. This is your punishment done. And in the past being guilty of doing it the wrong way, and then when my kids were right around the age of 13, I had a realization that, no, if you're going to continue this, you have to do it in a right way. Well, why did I do that? Because that's what my dad did. That's what my parents did. It was, you know, you did something and, you know, mom got upset and slapped you across the face. And then, well, you wait till your father gets home. Well, he's, 
been working all day and you know sometimes you get that frustration at work well guess what guess who he gets to take it out on that night when he gets home he gets to take it out on you and then you grow up to do that very same thing to your kids as as i did and don't think it's wrong and again i'm not against corporal punishment i'm against corporal punishment from the perspective of having anger or frustration attached to it. If you can do it because you'll be controlled when you do it, if that's what affects them. We had three kids, all three of them responded differently. One responded great to the magic one, two, three. That was the first one. The second one, the magic one, two, three, you counted to two and he's like, or you said one and he was like, two, three, I'm going to the corner or I'm going to timeout. Okay, well, that's not working, but corporal punishment worked with him. And then my daughter, all she had to do was just raise her voice or look at her in a certain way, and she was done. And so you have to discover what works best for each individual kid. But anytime you discipline, it needs to be done because it's the right thing. And most people discipline because of how it reflects on them to other people. You see it in public where a kid will do something and then the mother will snatch him up right in front of you and you shouldn't have done that. Why'd you do that? And when that happens and I say it, I'm like, well, why didn't you train them not to do that? You let them run rampant in every single aisle in the grocery store. But the one time that they actually cross over in front of somebody or run into somebody is the time that you want to tell them that, that they're wrong for doing what they're doing. And you just, you program them to do that. How is that their fault? And people don't understand that brainwashing and mind control is a part of life, whether you like it or not, whether you know it or not, whether you accept it or not. It's a factual perspective that that's how you get your knowledge in your subconscious. We wouldn't have no talking about a subconscious if there was no brainwashing and mind control, because in your subconscious, which uh, we've spoken about before, which is your heart of the human condition, not the physical heart in your body, but your, of the spiritual condition is your subconscious. And that's where all your muscle memory is. That's how you know how to get up in the morning and brush your teeth. That's how you know how to get up in the morning and get dressed. And whatever routine it is that you do, and you do it every single day. Why? Because you've done it every single day. And you were taught as a young child, got to brush your teeth, got to wash behind your ears, got to, you know, make sure you use soap when you take a shower. Uh, and all right, come here, let me smell. Okay. I smell the soap, so you at least rubbed it on your thumb. So, but we don't realize that everything that is muscle memory to you is in your lower conscience, and it's there because of programming. That's how you learn to throw a pitch as a a, a pitcher in baseball or a quarterback in football to throw the ball, or the various different things you're trained. And you, you go over those things over and over and over and over and over so that you don't have to think about it. 
you just act. And that's the beauty part about the brainwashing is that if you had to think out every single task that you did with all the details involved in it, you wouldn't get past one task in a day because there's too much thought process that would have to go into it. So with this brainwashing and mind control, and I, I don't know, I'm, I'm pretty sure that people will be able to hear a difference in my voice when I talk about this subject, because this one I'm really passionate about because it's a huge concept and understanding to be able to grasp and be able to understand the truth of God and to be able to continually change your mind in a right perspective and know what the truth is that you've put in there. And that's why for me, it's a, it is a huge passion uh, about, you know, speaking about this brainwashing and mind control. I really have a passion about all the truth of God. Um, but this is pivotal in people understanding in order that they will be able to say, wait a minute, maybe I ought to evaluate this. Maybe I ought to, look a little bit deeper into it and let me look and see what the word says and let me see okay well my church says that you still sin if you have faith in messiah but he forgives you but the bible does talk about forgiveness of sins but it also talks about remission of sins that you're cleansed of all unrighteousness and being holy as god is holy and if I'm holy as God is holy, God doesn't sin. And if God doesn't sin, then how can I be set apart as God is set apart that the Bible tells me to if I sin and I know I sin? Uh, I, that That's a, an impossibility. And if people just are honest with themselves and really evaluate the truth of what the Word says against what they're being taught, they will find out and know who the false prophet is. And if you're following somebody who's teaching the truth of God and, and they're able to give you practical application to what you're learning, then by all means, go ahead and continue to listen to that person. As long as you're making sure that it lines up with the truth of God and you know that you're programming yourself in that way. You had mentioned this word and it might've been on the previous podcast and it came back in, around to mind again. And you mentioned the word pivot or pivotal. And if you think in basketball, when you're playing basketball, you have your pivot foot that, and if you, when you're keeping the ball there, you, you have to keep one foot still and then you rotate around and thinking about that, the, the truth of God, you've got to, in order to repent to God, you've got to pivot. You have to be where you are and you have to do a full, 360 degree turn to God. And that's what repentance is, is it's a full, complete 360 degree turn. You have to pivot. You have to turn from the direction you were going to go into another direction. And that's what's so important about this. It's not just understanding what the gospel message is. It's how do you apply it to your life? How do you apply it to your everyday living? And if you don't understand brainwashing and mind control, then it's going to be difficult to understand something that's put right in front of you because, and I remember this even at home many years ago, my wife was looking at, we were looking at something and listening to a preacher or something. And you look at it and you think, well, with what we're doing, how is us different than how could all these other people be wrong? 
Well, the you have to look at it and say, well, I'm not going to be concerned if all these people are wrong. Let Yah be true and every man a liar. So it doesn't matter if all these people are believing wrong. What is the truth of this? And you look at it and how is it that that many people could believe the lie? Well, because it's because of the repetition and the programming. You turn on your TV, you turn on direct TV, you turn on your phone and everything that you see there is programmed. It's not going to change unless you change the programming. I remember setting my phone alarm and your phone alarm, unless something happens to where the battery is dead or something that happens that shouldn't happen, that your phone will go off at the exact time you programmed it because that's what you programmed it to do. So why are we surprised? I don't understand why I keep doing this over and over. Well, the truth is you do understand it's that because that's what you've programmed. You want to change what you do over and over. You've got to change something. What we've had programming in the past is, is that what's not your fault. It's somebody else's fault. No, whatever you're doing is something that's been programmed because of repetition. And we've said this before, what's the greatest uh, form of mind control is repetition is practice over and over and over again. So this isn't something that's new. It's putting it to the aspect of faith in Yah, that if you want to have the things of Yah and increase in them, you've got to reprogram your mind and you have to change your ways. Just as we said, if you want to be holy, then you have to be holy as I am holy. You have to change your conduct. You've got to change something and not wait for somebody else to change. It's just like the Michael Jackson song. And he says, I'm going to make a change for once in my life. It's going to feel real good. It's going to make a difference. Well, it can make a difference, but you've got to change something. We have the tendency to want everybody else to change before we'll change. And the, the thing is, is that if you really want something to change, it's not about somebody else doing anything. It's about you being willing to make the change. If you want to see change in somebody, you be that change. And what I'm really learning a lot about with this brainwashing and mind control on the podcast is there's so many layers to this and it just, it's a help for those that are seeking with all your heart to understand. You may question, well, I don't understand why I'm just not getting it. I'm not seeing it. Now you can put an answer to, oh, that's why I'm doing that. I never thought about it of being programmed before. I never thought about it of being cognitive dissonance to where I don't really understand why I'm upset. Let me dig into that. I didn't even understand the concept of cognitive dissonance. That's why I have this reaction all of a sudden. And that's the thing. If you have knowledge of it, you can be looking for it. But that's the danger is not knowing or seeing that you're doing something. And if you don't see it, then you can't change anything. That's if if I could get anything out of just tonight's podcast is, is that just to bring to mind again, be looking for the things that you're not seeing because that's would be areas that you're being held back, things that you're not seeing. And you don't even realize you're doing something. I know I've asked y'all before, show me, help me to see what I'm not seeing because if you're blind to something, how can you change something if you can't, if you don't have the ability to see it? And that's the thing. Even Messiah mentioned that if you're, you think, you know, the truth, but it's the blind leading the blind both fall into a pit. So make sure that if you're going to lead anybody, make sure that you can see 
and understand, then you have the capability to lead somebody else that can't see. Because other than that, both people are walking around aimlessly and you're bumping into walls, you're hurting yourself, and you're not able to see the truth. And that's what we're able to do with Yah is we're able to see to help somebody that's blind. But what happens is, is that people say they can see and they're just as blind as the people they're leading around because of the brainwashing and the mind control. So don't put yourself in a position to teach somebody else until you can first understand what you're doing and then move forward. It's just like we talked about with psychology of the mind and depression. You're telling people to get on this medication for depression, but you're depressed yourself and you don't even know how to fix your own depression. You have no business leading somebody else because you're, it's a blind person leading a blind person. So those that are out there listening, if you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking, well, you know, I've come from a background of accepting Jesus as Lord and Savior, and this just seems foreign to me. Just realize that that's not the, the way to salvation because that's not what the Word of God says. So you can change the direction that you're on. There's a famous song, Stairway to Heaven, that says there's still time to change the road that you're on. And until you leave this earth, that there is time to change the direction you're going. And just having the consciousness of this, this concept is a, is a huge help that Yah is giving to people that are listening. Well, it all derives around choice. And when we talk about free will choice, it's not that you can just decide to do anything you want to do. But when there are two options, you have the freedom to choose which option there is. Sometimes, uh, like God had things laid out in Scripture uh, that were going to happen, uh, you have to have options in order to uh, make a difference, in order to choose something. If I only have water for you to drink and you come over for dinner, you don't have a choice. If you want to drink something, now you do have a choice whether you're going to drink something or not drink something, but if you're going to drink something, you don't get a choice. I don't have two options for you. I have one. If you want something to drink, water is it. Now, if I have something else, now I give you the freedom to have free will to choose that. You spoke about, you know, we can help people to see, which is true. But the only people we can help to see are the people who have determined that they want to see and that they're not just that they want to, that they're going to see. See, this is how it works. You have to make a choice that I'm going to understand the truth of God. I'm going to understand this before your eyes can be opened. You have to make a, a mindset that this is what you want first, and then you set your mind in, no, I no longer want it. I'm going to figure this out. Now, when we have somebody who has their mindset that they want to see the truth, then we can help them see the truth. Then it's really God helping them to see the truth, but God's not going to help them to see the truth until they open their eyes, until they decide they want to know the truth, and then they open their eyes 
to stop believing the lies that they've been told. And you know what? I'm going to go back and evaluate everything just to be sure, to make sure that it lines up with the truth of God. And so somebody cannot see the truth of God if they do not make a choice that I'm going to say it. Now, you'll have to humble yourself before God, and you'll have to walk in obedience to God. But if you want to say it, you'll be okay to do that because you don't care how it affects you. What you care about is how it affects God. And so, I, God, I want to see these things. When you've proven to God that you want to see them, then God will give you the help to let you see them. But once you see them, it's on you to make the difference. It's on you to put the application into it in order to have it. And there is no application to accepting Jesus as Lord and Savior. That's a linear perspective. Well, I've done it. I'm done. There's nothing else I have to do. And that's a lie that people have been brainwashed with, that you can't get away from brainwashing and mind control. That's a fact. And, you know, part of this, you know, we started looking into this when I was given the topic to look into of the MK Ultra, of when the United States government was intentionally trying to, through repetition, uh, to work the brainwashing and mind control, but they also uh, used drugs as well. LSD was the one of the first drugs that they used, but you're not mind controlling somebody in that point. You're, you're getting them addicted so that it it weakens their mind to recognize that you're mind controlling them. But the reality is, is that you can mind control somebody, and you do. If you have kids, you've mind controlled them. That's why they grow up just like you. They act like you. And when they get married, they're going to marry somebody who's similar to you. Not, not exact, but similar. And they don't even know it. They don't recognize. I can see it in, like, with Victoria, she just got married, and the guy she got married to, he's got very similar similar qualities to that I had when I was that age. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but what you want to see, like the person you want to see your kids married to, you must emulate that. Because it's going to happen anyway. Whatever you emulate is going to be who they marry. And it's because that's how they're programmed. They, they, it's like people who are in an uh, abusive relationship. And they know that they, it shouldn't be an abusive relationship. But that's all they saw in their parents. They, they, the dad or the mom was abusive. The one spouse was abusive to the other. And they either fall on the, the side of being the abuser or being abused. But they're doing that because they were programmed in that. And they know it's wrong. And, I, and I, I'm leaving you this time. And I've seen this. I've seen this happen. And, you know, I get a restraining order. And the very night that I got the restraining order, 
I let you in the window of my house, of my apartment. I let you back in because why? Well, I thought you were going to get away from it. And then you have the aspect of you've convinced yourself that you think you can change everybody else's life. So when somebody does something that's not that you don't like or that you don't agree with, you think by telling them that they're wrong and they need to do these certain things that they're going to do it. And they're like, no. And more than likely, you're doing the same things, goes back to the golden rule that we have of when you see it in somebody else, you are doing the same thing, whether you're doing it to somebody else in the same way, slightly different way, or you're doing it to God, you are doing it. It's why you, why you can pick it out. It's why you recognize it because it is a part of your programming and your mind control. You won't pick out, you won't be able to pick out the things that you haven't been taught to pick out. You, you can't pick out everybody's, every single flaw that somebody has, but I guarantee you every single flaw that you pick out on somebody that they have, you have the very same flaw. That, that's a, a fact of the brainwashing and the mind control. The problem again, is not brainwashing and mind control. It's the knowledge of, do you have the knowledge of the brainwashing and the mind control that has been put in there or do you not have it? Because it's a fact. Brainwashing and mind control is a part of life. You can't get away from it. It's where muscle memory is stored. And so we must, we must figure this out in order that we, this is how we become self-controlled because I'm controlling now what goes in. I'm not letting the things from my past, the thing that happened yesterday, affect me today or tomorrow or the next week because I can change that. I have the ability for self-control. And so by programming myself, by brainwashing and mind controlling to know what I'm putting in, then I can have that self-control. And Phil, we'll end on this tonight. This thought just came to mind and to kind of bring it around for brainwashing and mind control. The reason that people are deceived is because you don't recognize and see what you have in your lower conscience and what you're you're controlling what's coming in. That's where the enemy is able to, because the enemy gets a lot more credit than where credit is due because the enemy will use somebody's not knowing the brainwashing and mind control to deceive people. But it's ultimately the choice of the person because you chose to be deceived and people say, well, no, I didn't choose it. Well, you did because you didn't evaluate it to weigh it against the truth, to filter it as mother's teaching that you didn't, take the thoughts captive and filter it with the word of God. And therefore you were deceived because you allowed whatever that was in without evaluating it and weighing it against the truth. And that's why we're given the example of Messiah when he was taken out by mother to the desert to prove that he wasn't able to be tempted. That when the enemy came at him, nope, I'm not doing that. I'm doing this. This doesn't line up with the word of God. This doesn't, nope, I'm not doing that. The word of God says this, the word of God says this. And that's the thing that just came to mind that the the way that the enemy is able to deceive is that people don't understand what they're doing. And he knows the programming that people have 
so that he can come at them based on their programming to where if he can see that this person's not going to wait against the truth, then they'll fall into it. But then the enemy gets blamed. And really, it's not the enemy's fault. It's the person. Now, the enemy is going to have to answer to God for what he's doing. But I, I just see it as so many times the enemy gets so much credible that Satan is just doing all these things. And yeah, but why are you allowing the enemy to affect you? That's the thing. And remember, Yah told us this, stop listening to the enemy. The enemy is going to do what he does. Why do you keep listening to it? Why do you get so affected by it? Don't let it affect you. That's the thing. Get away from me. I'm not listening to that as opposed to, well, if you don't know that I'm pulling the strings, then I'm just going to keep doing it and you're not going to see it. And that's where the enemy does his best work is when people don't know what is happening. They don't understand that they're being controlled. Even the people that think they have control in the world, they don't have the control that they think they have. They're being manipulated behind the scenes by the spiritual forces. So yeah, we'll wrap it up for this evening. Great conversation, Phil. We could go on with this for a couple more hours, just like Paul into the hours of the night. If somebody wants to talk about your programming, your brainwashing, your mind control, which is definitely a constant in in faith, out of faith, but especially in faith, you know, find yourself to where you're you're being reprogrammed in the process of reprogramming by the truth of God, washing with the water through the word. So any final thoughts before we go for the evening? Um, I, I do have um, just one thing that I'd like to encourage people uh, that are listening or that um, listen in at a future time, that if you're getting stuff from this uh, truth that we're speaking, if you're recognizing it and you're listening to the episodes uh, and you're, you're enjoying them, um, I just want to encourage people to share this on your social media just an avenue of social media is a good avenue of advertising because we don't pay for advertising we don't advertise we we let mother do the uh distribution um and we're just asking people that if this speaks to you and you enjoy it that whenever you listen to an episode just take a moment at the end hit the share button and then share it with your social media, whichever avenue you're on. Uh, and that will just give an opportunity for people of your friends or people uh, who are on social media to have another opportunity to hear the truth of God. Whether they respond to it or not, that's up to them. But it'll give another opportunity for people to hear it. So if you have the chance, uh, share it on social media and you can contact us uh, through Messenger on uh, Facebook for Hidden Treasures Revealed or AOL.com, uh, Hidden Treasures Revealed at AOL.com. Uh, Sean, anything else? No, I'm just grateful to y'all for continued understanding and growth and more information. And um, one other reminder, we do have a podcast on Saturdays at 6 in the morning as well. And we may have other podcasts here and there, but good evening to all. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for joining us today on Hidden Treasures Reveal. We want to leave you with this thought. The greatest treasure in life, and especially in faith, is discovery. If we try to convince you of things, you may gain head knowledge, but if we let you discover things, you will have heart knowledge to know and understand 
and be able to give a good answer for the faith that you have. Treasure hunters seek treasure nonstop. Seek the treasure of God through conversation with them and through their word. Ask, seek, and knock. Ask, and you will receive. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. Seek the hidden treasure of God, and you will be blessed by it.